Hello, everybody, and welcome to the debut of the Frozen Podcast. I'm Jay Ashton alongside Vinny Cristiano, and here we are today. It's great to be here for the debut of the podcast. We're going to talk to you about some college hockey. Uh, mainly, we're going to talk about just the Atlantic Hockey Conference. Uh, we'll also get into some other things, what we're going to talk about today. Going to go over the coaches' poll uh, compared to last year. Uh, some big extensions for some coaches within the conference. And then we're going to do a preview of Canisius and uh, North Dakota. Let's go. Vinny. Jared. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty well today. This is definitely the first time recording this, and this is definitely something we're very excited for. Um, this isn't take 35 no, at this, this is point. Definitely no, not this, take 35. This, is, this is our first take. Yeah, absolutely it is. We are experts. Very, very talented. Yeah. Yes. Maybe experts on the conference, not experts on how to get a good first shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for some reason I had trouble hitting record and then talking into the microphone for some reason. And for some so, reason, I almost called you Duke. Yeah. So. Rip. Okay. So, <laughs> um, we're going to get into some some college hockey action here. The first college hockey podcast in the history of Canisius College. I'm going to say that. Not sure if it's true. But yeah, it we're going like to say it. We're not sure it's true. Yeah. That is not fact check, but I'm going to say it with um, no hesitation and no regrets. So, yeah. Um, I... I very slightly apologize if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I would be f- feel kind of bad, but I'm excited. Anyhow, um, so we're going to jump right into it because, as we mentioned, this is definitely our first time recording, and we're definitely not running late. We have plenty of time. So we're going to just jump into it just for the sake of being excited, not that we have to hurry. And obviously, Canisius College in the Atlantic Hockey Conference, they did not do super well last year, but they did play... At the midpoint of the year, I believe it was January 4th and 5th yep. of 2019 that they played North Dakota here at Harbor Center in downtown Buffalo, and they ended up not losing. <laughs> not only that, they were the first Atlantic hockey team to ever beat a team from the NCHC, and then the next day they became the first team from the Atlantic hockey to sweep a team from the NCHC, and that was when uh, North Dakota was ranked 13th in the country. Yeah, So they were a little underwhelming for their kind of uh, expectations because right. you know they're such a powerhouse every year. Yeah. Uh, at that point in time, and and for Canisius, just with all the injuries and with where they were at to come in and do that was just incredible. And then unfortunately, we kind of thought that they were going to take off from there, but it never really happened. Yeah, we thought that would be some sort of big mm-hmm. momentum switch in the season that had been somewhat overwhelming thus far. I think Canisius was like eighth in the conference at that point. They were. You'd have to – I'm not 100% sure if it was eighth, but I think it was. Mm-hmm. Not. I might be a little bit wrong on that, though. And we kind of assume they're like, oh, this is going to be – they're going to make a run. This will be huge for them. And then they just kind of didn't. So um, not the end of the world. Obviously, I'm not a Division One hockey player, so I have – I'm like I, – I can't really criticize. Like, oh, well, they didn't, well, they, you know, do get so many shots injuries. on that. Yeah. That is a big problem, like you mentioned. Like, injuries are – you can't really do a whole lot about that. Like, um, you, you hate to make excuses, but, like, it's a legitimate excuse. Like, when your players yeah, are happens. all beat up 
Yeah. And you've got a bunch of important ones who just can't play. Yeah. It's going to be tough I mean, for any team. To injuries are a big part of just really any sport. But, yeah. I mean, if you lose, I mean, you could lose one guy. And if that one guy is key to your season, I mean, hell, look at the well, Washington Redskins. I mean, without Alex Smith, they're like a awful football team. <laughs> no. Whoever thought that would happen. But last year, they were 6-2 and two to start the season with him. Yeah. And then it just all kind of fell apart, and now Jay Gruden's out of a job. So, yeah, it's a good point. And last year, um, we saw just how important, without seeing him play a game, that Daniel Urbani is to the Canisius yeah. Golden Griffins. And he is super important. And hopefully, knock on wood, he will be back for 100% of the year this year in terms of... Not like the goaltending situation. Yeah, you do. Jay is a big fan of the Canisius goal signing situation this year. I can't say that I'm not. I just haven't actually seen them play live um, right. as Jay has. But Jay, obviously this the reason I bring that up, uh, kind of going back to the North Dakota is, thing, is because is that Canisius does play North Dakota again this weekend. And Jay, you have a lot more information on that than I do because I, uh, I'm i not nearly as smart, intelligent, or as okay. a- aware no. as you okay. are. No, no, that's incorrect. I'm just a nerd with hockey, so you know. It's also exciting. I thought it's it was very exciting. You, I thought it was weird that you did the game preview this week. The game preview for, for the for, Griffin. Yeah. Pourquoi? Because last year didn't I write the preview and then you wrote the post game? Yeah. Here's the thing: is is I'm probably going to continue to do the previews because I don't have any time to go in and actually interview players for post game because of my schedule right now. That's pretty much the same for me. So. We'll be doing two game previews every week. <laughs> <laughs> Different angles of the preview. Yeah. Um, so they're playing North Dakota. So, Jay, what what are we expecting this week out of those two hockey teams? So, um, Canisius, kind of their preview, and my rundown of their roster that I did also in the preview, if you want to read the Griffin. I, I will read the Griffin. comes out uh, today. It should be on the shelves yeah, already. I already saw my article. Not a big deal. Uh I like Canisius's goaltending situation this year. They get Urbani back. I got a chance to see him play um, at the Blue and Gold scrimmage, and it's he's just got a very he's a very calming influence on the team. It feels like, and you get two guys with experience now in Urbani, who's a senior, but you also have a sophomore Matt Ladd, who really he he came in. Last year in December, when they had the series against Union, and he was, he just kind of took over the net, and he was terrific for them. Like I, the games that Canisius won from that point on, the main reason was because Matt Ladd was just he he was giving them a chance to win some games. So you're hoping with the more experience and everything that he's going to continue to get better, which I expect. So you got two guys kind of in different situations, both both very good, and the other guy that I really like is Jacob Barshevsky from probably the best league before college. He I just he looked amazing the other day when I he's very he's very athletic, got great movement in the net, uh laser focus. I like what I saw from him. So I, I like the goaltending situation for Canisius this season. That's gonna be something that's incredibly important for them if they're going to make any kind of a run this season. Um I like the addition of Dan Pae to the coaching staff as a volunteer assistant head coach. That's that's really that's important. Like you you bring in a guy who's got NHL experience and has won a Stanley Cup 
to help with your young players. That that's awesome for head coach Trevor Large and, and this coaching staff. But for North Dakota, you're now on the side of, okay, this is a team that you swept last year. Two things, in my opinion, are going to happen because I don't really think there's an in-between with this. Either North Dakota is going to be so irritated, I guess is the word I should probably use for this podcast, about what happened last year that they're going to come out flying on their home ice. Or maybe it's a St. Cloud State situation where – you know, you remember what happened last time, and it's just so much in your head that it happens again. You play, you play too worried that it's going to happen again, and then you let it happen again because you're worried that it's going to happen again. Which happened with State Cloud That's State. Fair, yeah. They they lost to Air Force in 2018 in the first round after being the number one team in the nation. And then yep. the next year, which was last year, same thing. They played AIC, an Atlantic hockey team again, yeah, and they lost again. So mm. y- you don't want that to, to creep into your mind. But there's no doubt about it. Like, I mean, I like Kinesis' talent, but, I mean, it's, this is North Dakota, man. Like, the talent yeah, that they have right. is th- well, Are they ranked 18th? Yep. Yeah. So they, they would be ranked higher with their talent, but it's just the finish that they had last season that doesn't really help them. But, I mean, yeah. like, you, you just look at the, like, you just look at the talent that you have on this team. Like, and you start off with uh, Jacob Bernard Docker. He was a first-round pick of the Senators. He's a great puck-moving defenseman. Like very athletic. Um, Shane Pinto is another Senators draft pick from. He, he's a freshman, so he was just picked in 2019. Uh, so he has draft. theoretically it's four years to play for them, which usually most players when you're drafted that high won't play right. all four exactly. years. But d- you s- but th- but that's what I mean. Theoretically, theoretically yeah, he, he, could. he could he could he could play if four years, to. which is gonna this would be, that would be huge for North Dakota. But uh, but like you mentioned, as probably he probably won't get all four years in. Right. Yeah, they got uh, Johnny Tychonic, who's uh, another defenseman who was drafted um, by I don't. I swear to God, like this is the North the North Dakota Senators right here. <laughs> like they've got so many draft picks of the Senators on this team. He was drafted uh, 48th overall in 2018 draft. I like Jasper Weatherby. He was another draft pick. Uh, Peter Tomey is one of the goaltenders they have. who was drafted by the Blue Jackets in 2016. Grant Mismash, I like what I saw from him several times last year. He's a draft pick of the Predators. Like there's like there's a bunch of other guys who are who are drafted on this team that are just they, they show a lot of talent. Uh Gavin Hayne was a six round pick of Philly and I like every time I watch him, like I'm I'm super impressed with what he does. So like there's a lot of talent on this team, but how does it come together? Yeah. We will see this weekend and it's an important um, series for them. Yeah. What? So they play two games, right? Yep. So what time on? I'm assuming it's what seven o five and then four o five, or is it different? Yeah, it would, well, for here it would be at eight. So for the, so they're in a different, lo- different so time local zone. time so for them it'd be is seven. I believe. Yeah, I believe seven o five on that. Friday and four o five on Saturday. Or is it seven o five seven o five? I think it might be seven o five seven o five. Okay. So local time Easter. Oh, sorry, local time for them se- seven seven. Eastern uh, Eastern would be seaboard eight. time zone is eight oh five eight oh five. Uh so just to kind of transition then the as we mentioned, Canisius kind of won against North Dakota. We assumed they would climb up the rankings from eighth. They did not. They ended up falling all the way to eleventh and losing a close a close series to Niagara actually yes. in the in the playoffs, which I had the, every game was a one goal game. It was and uh, overtime ended it. Yeah. I believe. Well, well, the not, first not game, game sorry, three, but, but the first game overtime, 
or is it the second game? For first and second. We're both overtime. Yeah. And so that kind of was the deciding factor, and um, then we kind of uh, lost game three in regulation, but still an absolutely unreal, an unreal series. That was really some really good hockey. And Kenesha and Niagara always play really, really well when they play each other. Exactly. So that's always really fun. Um, speaking of Kenesha's and Niagara, in terms of rankings, Niagara ended up finishing sixth last year. Kenesha's was 11th. AIC finished first in the conference. They went on to beat St. Cloud State in the first round of the um, NCAA Division One, yeah, which was finals. incredible. Yeah, w- an in- a great upset, and that was an incredible season for them because not only was it their first time winning the conference and winning a tournament game, like that was their first winning season. Yeah, that's insane. Like, yeah, like the the job that Eric Lang has done there, and the fact that he stayed as an old. As an alum, like that—that's so his, awesome. His for staying was cool to me. The when I yes. read about him just talking about why he stayed, yeah, that was really neat to me. Essentially, to give you the short version, he said that he had other schools had contacted him after mm-hmm. they made that run, yeah, and said, "Would you like to come work for us?" And he said, "No, I, I'm, th- I'm really thankful and grateful that AIC gave me this opportunity to be here. I don't want to." you know, leave them and make them feel shortchanged. I want to be here and I want to make this program a great program and I'm very happy to be here. I don't want to leave. Yeah. I want to be here and want to keep doing this for and, a couple more years, which is awesome. And it's incredible because, like, he, he could go to a good program yeah. in in a better conference and yeah. make probably make more money. Well, that's – and but I think – and I think if you really want to make – the Atlantic Hockey Conference, a legit conference. I mean, it's not that it's not, but you know what I mean. Like, it's like, not the ECHC. Right, you're not. You, know, you only have a whole lot of ranked teams exactly. every year. It's not the Big Ten. If it's, you want to make it a ranked conference, you need people like that to stay and then commit to making it a re, you know really garnering more respect for the conference. If AIC goes and does it again and they win in the first round of the NCAA, you know, playoffs, you know, in the tournament. That would be huge, and then some more teams will follow because the just the, the level of competition will be elevated, and that would be huge. Um, so just to go over the overall rankings last year, as we <clears throat> keep moving on, excuse me, AIC finished first, twenty three seventeen and one was their overall record. In the conference, they were eighteen nine and one, which is really really impressive. They did very very well last year. Bentley finished second. Bentley went on a tear after the new year. I they believe did. they won they nine did. nine games. Yeah. Nine game undefeated streak starting starting at the new year. It may have been longer than that, yeah. I think. I I well I remember when I was writing the game preview for the Griffin when we played Bentley, we played them twice during that stretch. Yeah. And the first time was like on their fourth. It's like, oh, you know, they haven't lost yet in the new year, but they've only played like th- two games. It's like, yeah, whatever. Right. And then you say again, you know, it's like their seventh and eighth game, and it's like they still have not lost, and they didn't. They Bentley had a great they, – they went on a really nice run at the end of the year there, and they had some players for that team. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, I wish I had my notes from – I had them ready, but they had one centerman that was just – every time he went on the ice, you just were scared that he was going to score. And they have the one defenseman, too, that was a draft pick of somebody. Might have been the Senators since we're talking about the Senators. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as I'll go get that out and find out that guy's name because I remember his name had a like a an H in there somewhere. Not that that's super helpful. Air Force finished third, sixteen, fifteen, and five was their overall record. Sacred Heart was fourth. Good season for them. Yeah. 
I have to say, I didn't really expect that. Mm, out of that. I don't think anybody really expected that. RIT was fifth. Niagara was sixth. Mercyhurst seventh. Robert Morris was eighth. Holy Cross ninth. Army was tenth, and Canisius was eleventh. I mean, finishing it, off that record. We have last year's coaches pull up, where Air Force was projected to finish first. Canisius was projected to finish second before all the injuries. Um, Niagara was projected to finish last. Sacred Heart was projected to finish 10th, Bentley 9th, and AIC 5th. And we yeah. saw that that did, did not happen. Really, really not, not close for the most part, which is fine. I mean, that, that makes for an interesting year. Which is why I, it, it's something I like to use, but it's not something that I look at as something that's like actually indicative of what's going to happen in the season. Like, uh, like they're picking Canisius to finish last. I don't think that's going to happen. Now, are we going to finish top five? I don't think so, but I think Canisius could realistically finish around that eighth spot, which would give them a home playoff series for the first round of the playoffs, which would be incredibly important. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So just to go back over, I just want to jump back to Bentley because now I found my notes. They're <laughs> – the defenseman I was talking about was Tanner Jago. Jag- oh, Jago. Jago. Yeah. Jago. Yeah. yeah, Tanner Jago. Very good. Captain. He's very good. Unfortunately, don't believe that he's there anymore. No, he was a senior. Yeah. Yeah. I do like their other. I think uh, he did get picked up by somebody. I cannot remember who it was. Yeah. And I now, did you see? I don't know if you saw this, Jay, that Cameron Heath and uh, Jamie Mazza are both are on Reading. playing together again, which is really cool. Jonathan Dabian is the guy that Jonathan Dabian was. He yeah, he dominated he is awesome. the series against the Grizz. Very, Chris. very good player. Luke Santerno was one of the better players in the Atlantic Hockey Division yep. last year. He was their second line center, only a sophomore. Uh, He's back again this year. So is Dabian. Dabian was a junior. Junior defenseman Charlie Marchand was really, really impressive to me the yeah. couple of times that I got to see him as well. Charlie Marchand is a, was a sophomore, actually. So now he's a junior. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah. But the only draft Matt pick. Matt Riggleman. I was, there was a draft pick on that team. Jack, Jack, Jack of Novak. Jack of, yeah, Jack of Novak, yeah. freshman, 6'3", 210, out of Windsor, Ontario, was drafted by the Senators, and he's a freshman. He was on their, he was their fourth line, well, was yeah, he, he was their fourth line center. Drafted by the Senators. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know, you know, like you said, he might not play all four years there, but I'd imagine that he'd probably be back. I don't really know the Senators roster that well to know if they could send him to their farm team or if he's back at Bentley. Oh, come on, Bentley, there's got to be a roster spot for this kid. Bentley. It's the Senators. That's true. Bentley <laughs> is going to be a force to reckon with you this year. Yes. Bentley is going to be a force to also, reckon with this year. Their Aiden, goalies are Aiden also. Aiden Polino impressed Aiden me Aiden was a junior. He's a senior now. Yeah. That's huge. That is huge. With the, the experience he has last season, I think he's going to have a pretty big year. So, Kirk Frazier's their backup. They also got uh, freshman uh, Jason Grande. So, it's pretty. It's a pretty good goaltending situation, you know. As long as yeah, Polino stays yeah. healthy, I think that they could be definitely. They could probably finish top four in this conference. Yeah, that I think Bentley. I'm 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 kind of penciling Bentley as a top three team. That's my bet. I bet they finish second or third. Um, as you mentioned, <clears> the, this you want this year's coaches <throat> poll. I'll go over that very quickly, and um, we can talk about each team really quickly. Very very quickly. Not not that we're running late because we definitely started on time, but you know just just to to <laughs> keep up the kid. high pace of hockey. Yeah, that's my fault. Sorry, folks. Uh, twenty nineteen twenty twenty AHC coaches poll AIC ten first place votes 
was number one. Niagara, number two with 78 points. Bentley tied for third with Sacred Heart. Uh, Bentley had one first place vote, though, which I like. That's an underdog underdog first place team. Yeah. I definitely like whoever picked that first place vote. I respect them a lot. <laughs> Bentley Sacred Heart tied for third. Fifth, RIT, sixth Air Force. Robert Morris is seventh. Army is eighth. Mercyhurst is ninth. Holy Cross, tenth. And Canisius, eleventh. Um, that kind of goes along with the finishing order from last year, which is, I mean, in college, since it's so unpredictable, um, you know, because it's, it is not the scouting that happens in the, like in the NHL or the AHL um, in terms of how good your new guys are going to do and how much of a role they're going to play. That's probably the most realistic way to predict the order in terms of that poll is to go off of your last year's roster, hence last year's finishing position. So yeah. I definitely think, though, <laughs> Canisius with their goaltending situation being a lot better and the team just having less injuries overall. Obviously, losing Dylan McLaughlin hurts quite a bit, but uh, that'll be it. I'd imagine it should be a better season for them. I some offensive talent, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'm excited I mean, to see. Austin Alger, yeah, I think, might I have lo- like a really. I'm a, I'm a big Austin Alger fan. I loved watching him play last year. And, you know, we have him for another two years. Yeah, that's which, very Which is yeah, super cool. nice. I, th- I think he could break out kind of the way that Dylan McLaughlin did. Yeah. Around right. his junior year. So, I would love that. Uh, another guy, Nick Hutchison, is probably going to be the centerman he's going to be playing with. I wouldn't be surprised if that first line was Matt Hoover, Nick Hutchison, and Austin Alger, which I think would be a pretty deadly first that line. That would be a pretty good first you, line. you actually. got a mix of, of, of good size and skill on that line right there. Yeah, absolutely you're right. Absolutely. Uh, but looking at a team, you know, at the top AIC, I mean, last year they lost two players, two seniors last year. It's a lot it's of a, players. They, 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 they won the conference. Yeah. And, and their team is nobody. Al- their team is almost exactly the same. <laughs> the, yeah. Exactly the same. And you know they're all going to get better. I mean, Joel Kosher, Giannis Yox, uh, Z- uh, Zacharias Gog, uh, Blake Christensen, Kyle Stefan. Like, these are all. Hugo Reinhardt. These are all seniors who were like so good for them last year. Patrick Demel. They're just loaded. It, it's yeah. ridiculous. Like, it really they, is. they are so good. And, and Brennan Kapchak's another guy I like last year. What I saw from him, and he's only a junior. Yeah. Yeah, they're ridiculous. They are. How they're about like, Niagara? Ni- uh, Niagara, I think, is finishing second. They're filthy. Ni- Niagara's yeah. filthy. Like, legitimately filthy. Like, Noah Delmas uh, is a guy that I love watching last year. Uh, Jared Brandt is another defenseman that I was really impressed with. Uh, Brian Wilson's only in his junior year, and he was sensational last year in net for them. Justin Kendall. Like, they're so young. And then, of course, you got your big name, your sophomore, Ludwig Stenlin. Yeah. Oh, he my God. was amazing last year for them. Ludwig Stenlin was, was probably awesome. one of the best – Freshman in the country. In the, yeah, you're I mean, absolutely for, for, right. Forget yeah. about the Atlantic. You're absolutely, we're right. talking about in the country. He was. I think when I remember writing game game previews last year, and I when we played Niagara, he was the guy to watch out for, and he was. I mean, like in the top ten in the NCAA, I think for points per game. Yeah, yeah. And like Niagara was projected to finish so low because they had so many freshmen last year. Yeah, turned out that was an advantage for them. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it, this is what, in, in two years, the job that Jason Lammers has done with Niagara is nothing short of spectacular. 
because the program's been very, very low for a long time. It's never really peaked at any point for Niagara for an extended period of time. And in two years, Jason Lammers improved their record each year, has done a great job recruiting. I mean, last year they had 17 wins, which was most for their program since the 2012-2013 season. Uh, Ludwig Stenland was just one of 11 rookies on the team last year that made up the nation's highest-scoring freshman class with 50 goals and 76 assists. That was, that's, let's see, 50 plus 76. That's 126 points from 11 freshmen. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. Like, that, not only is that impressive recruiting, but, like, those players stay. Like, they're going to continue to get better year by year. And they got two more years of Brian Wilson in that. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they're, like, you know, top three this year and win it next year. Yeah, that would be, yeah. How many players is AIC, do you know how many players AIC is losing? At the year? end of this year, like, yeah. they're they're losing a ton of seniors. A ton of seniors. La- last year, enough. like, most of, of their really good players were juniors, juniors. So Fair enough. Speaking of Jason Lammers, he was extended by Niagara University mm-hmm. through the 2023-2024 season. Well-deserved. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Let's get into some other extensions. I mean, Rick, yep. uh, Rick Gotkin at uh, Mercyhurst. Yep. We, so we don't know the length of the extension yet. It hasn't really come out, but he's been there for 32 years. Uh, so he's the longest tenure coach in, in Division One hockey. Um, he's in the top 20 in career wins. He's second in wins among active coaches right now uh, with 559, which actually needs to be updated. He's at uh, 560 because they upset uh, Arizona State the other day. That's two big. Two late goals. That, that's, that's big. big. They are averaging three and a half goals a game right now. Um, according to the NCAA website, which is big for them. Right. In terms of, just to jump into that real quick, uh, right now Greg Prince and Cameron Wright are leading the NCAA in goals per game. They each have four goals per game right now. <laughs> for Pro- Providence, Greg Prince, and Bowling yeah. Green's Cameron Wright, which is absolutely unreal. Matt Tugnett from Sacred yep. Heart is at three yeah, goals a game right now. He was his first career hat trick the other day. Um, and then Sean Cameron has two from RIT, and then James Anderson has a goal for Mercyhurst, and a whole bunch of people are tied for 10th in terms of just goals because we're so shortly into the season right now. Um, but in terms of just um, standings and rankings, it's not like super overall right now. I just kind of want to – I figured we could follow that every week in terms of who's leading the the uh, NCAA in points and stuff. So um, I do want to get in real quick before we go to this new rule change that the Atlantic Hockey – adopted for this year regarding the three-on-three shootout overtime protocol. Which is awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I hope I get a chance to see it in person at some point. I'm assuming I will. I mean, Yeah, yeah I mean, but, it's a long season. Yeah, but I, I think it to to kind of go essentially give you the quick rundown, um, this coming year will feature the same three-point scoring system utilized by other leagues like the Big Ten, WCHA and the NCHC. The change will take effect for the 2019-2020 season and will be used just for regular season conference games. Mm -hmm. The three-point system will award three conference standing points for regulation or five-on-five overtime victory and zero points for regulation or five-on-five overtime loss. That's that's important because they're not getting rid of the five-on-five five-minute overtime. You're right. They're not. Yes. That's basically just like your regulation play almost. Yeah, if you essentially, go to you're, you're essentially you're giving it an extra five minute period for games that are still tied. And if you don't score, if neither team scores, 
Each team will be awarded a point, and from there, you have to decide in a five-minute three-on-three overtime, and if not, then you do it through a shootout. So could be some 70-minute games this year yeah. and some shootouts, which is really exciting. Because last year, I got irritated because it was frustrating watching some of these games where you'd go to overtime, and it's like you're tied, and if you lose, the other team gets all three points, and you went to overtime. Yeah. I didn't and, like and, that. And, and, I did not like that either. And with it being a five-minute, five five-on-five, five, it just felt like teams got so conservative. Yeah. They're just like, Because you know, you're, you're let, playing let's, not let's to let's lose just, your point. Let's Yeah, let's yeah. get the point. Like, yeah. Th- this, I, this solves a huge problem that I found in, in the conference point system, mm-hmm. and I think this is going to create a much better product for this season. This is a really, really cool thing because it, it – I've I always I've been a fan of the NHL switching to a three point system. Yes, I think it would be really really beneficial because when you right now when you win an overtime or a shoot on the NHL, you're, you're a pulling point a point out of, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like the idea of like you are stealing a point from the other team, and the other team's mentality yes. is then we're losing a point. Exactly. Not like I absolutely because right with now that. when you go to overtime, it's like hey both teams get a point. It's like all right, well yeah, but. Then that losing, you know, you're pulling a point out of nowhere for the winner. I think you there should be there's a point up for grabs when you go to overtime. Mm-hmm. There's a point up for grabs when you go to a shootout. I think it's going to motivate. It's I think it would be a better idea. Let's see if Gary Bettman and the NHL do it in the future. But this should be cool well, I for think Atlantic it would hockey. Create a much better uh, point system because yeah. like it just changes. Like like I don't like the idea of the point being pulled out of nowhere. Right. That's like, yeah. It just makes no sense. No, it doesn't. And that's why the re- that's what the reason that I said I think it would be s- beneficial for them to go to a three point exactly. system. Exactly. So like this this is a smart system how they're doing like how, how they're doing this is the best way they could do it in my opinion. Yeah. This is so this will be cool for Atlantic hockey. I'm excited to uh to to look at that. Now, um, as we mentioned earlier, Eric Lang was signed to a contract extension. I went into a little bit of detail about how he essentially said um, this is what Eric Lang said. Loyalty to AIC, which has granted me an opportunity to coach this hockey team at my alma mater, will always be at the forefront. I am indebted to President Maniachi mm, yeah. Yeah, for his continued belief in me and everything he has done for the hockey program. I love this team, this program, and this institution. Then not only was last year their first NCAA tournament appearance for the 20, in their 21-year history, it was the first winning season, like Jay said earlier today, and Jay already mentioned they only lost two seniors. We already kind of went into the North Dakota preview, mm-hmm. but Canisius, that'll be interesting for them. Um, Army did upset Union. 3-2. to 3-2, to two, which is big. Union was also ranked. They did play Canisius last year as well. And mm-hmm. um, that, like you mentioned, Jay, Matt Ladd came in for the Griffins last year for that. Um, yeah, Union's actually, they, they're probably not going to be ranked anymore because they're 0-2 on the season, yeah. losing to Boston University, which is not a not no. actually a big two. No, <laughs> Boston University's good. Yeah, uh, yeah, but right. lo- losing to Army to doesn't Army. help your case. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Especially since Army finished tenth in the AHC last year, so yeah, um, not very high on them. But long season ahead, so they yes. can absolutely do really anything with that. Um, Merce, like you mentioned, Mercy Hurts did beat Arizona State, scoring twice in the final minutes. Owen Norton finished off a. Three on two break with 18 seconds left in the third, to to win the game over number no, number 20 Arizona State and Arizona State is sometimes favored to be like at the top you know within the top 10 they're they're a pretty yeah. good hockey team yeah 
losing Joey Decord does not help that team, but still got Johnny Walker and a lot of other talents. So it'll be very interesting to see how they kind of build up that program. And do you know who their goalie coach this is for this year? Eddie Abrizgalov? Eddie Lack. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I, Eddie Lack's awesome. I yeah. like him. Um, uh, RIT beat Colgate 3-1. to one. Total. Yep. <laughs> what? Did I? No. Oh, okay. I just, uh, I you didn't, didn't get the little stupid joke that I threw out there. You oh, said, total. You, I thought you meant like you three said, to one, like total. I was like, they didn't play four games. I see what you meant. Okay, funny, Jay. Um, <laughs> Tugnut, Nets hat trick in three to three tie with UConn. Um, that was for Sacred Heart. And of course, Sacred Heart right now was, you know, kind of pretty good last year, which was good for them. And then this yeah. year, they'll be kind of fighting with, especially with Tugnut to, to finish higher in that division. And Robert Morris falls in overtime to Michigan Tech. Um, uh, Justin Kappelmaster made 29 saves in the game. Uh, Jay mentioned that his game was very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Used to play at Fair State, uh, but transferred. So it was a very close game for Robert Morris to Michigan Tech in the first game. Um, but unfortunately, the second game was not very close. What uh, was the score of the second uh, game? That was the seven nothing Michigan Tech one. Ooh. So, did you see the thing on? Is was this the thing you showed me yesterday in journalism about the the Kings and uh, or and you Washington? Ate, you, you ate, ate to, to see, see it. it yeah. yeah. So that was pretty funny. Um. So what? So who was it that that said that? Who? Who you got to go over that again? So the. Dodgers took an 8-2 lead against the Nationals in one of the games in the playoff series. Yep. So the Kings tweeted at the Nationals, you ate to see it. Right. And then the Kings lost 8-2 yesterday. Was it to the Blackhawks? No, to the Canucks. Oh, it was the Canucks. Okay. <laughs> I thought it would have been cooler like if it would have been not uh, the Chicago. Well, I thought it was Chicago for some reason. I don't know why. So, yeah. And then the Nationals, who just beat the Dodgers, <laughs> tweeted <laughs> at the Kings and said, you ate to you see ate it. You ate to see it. That was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, that that that's tough. Um, so. It's also tough that we are pretty much out of time for today. Yeah, we are. But you know what? We, we got everything that we wanted to get accomplished done. So yeah. very, very good debut. Very happy with how this went. I'm very excited. We're hoping to bring on a couple more things this year. We're going to try and uh, get a little more in-depth throughout the year, a little more exciting things happening, and we're going to see what yeah. we can do to, to make some people happy. Once there's happy. more games to go over, I mean, we'll have a chance yeah. to talk about Kanisha's yeah. Hopefully, maybe getting a win against North Dakota. That would be kind of neat, yeah. I'm also excited to go over every week, just kind of keep an eye on the stats for the NCAA this year and also kind of monitor how the Atlanta hockey teams are doing in terms of the overall country's uh, standings. Um, and, again, we'll try and bring up some surprises too just to make this a little more exciting. So yeah, we can kind of wrap it up, and then we'll be back next week. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys so much for listening to the debut of the Frozen Podcast. I'm Jay Ashdown, alongside Vincent Cristiano. Good night, Jim Kite.